0: Welcome to the Mike Ferry TV podcast, here from the global leader in real estate sales training and coaching, the legendary Mike Ferry. Every Monday, you'll listen to Mike Ferry discuss a variety of topics to help real estate agents and brokers grow their real estate business by focusing on improving their mindset, developing their skills, and creating a plan of action to increase their production. Let's begin. And welcome to Mike Ferry TV. We've had a wonderful series of great people we've been working with each week. And uh, this week we have Mr. Ira Nadich from the great state of Iowa. So Ira, first of all, welcome and uh, thanks for participating and sharing with us today. Thank you, Mike. Glad to be here. My pleasure, 100%. Um, When did we meet originally? I think you were in Pennsylvania
1: when we first met or, or living in Pennsylvania. How long ago was that? That was in uh, 1997. So it's been uh, 24 years now. So we both had more hair and darker hair. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) That's fun.
0: So Ira, take a minute and express to the wonderful group of viewers your background prior to real estate, if you would, please.
1: So prior to real estate, uh, I served in the U.S. Army for 20 years, um, right out of college. I was an ROTC in college and then Retired as a lieutenant colonel out of the Army, out of the Pentagon.
0: Wow. So 20 years um, in in that profession, which is, of course, vitally important to all of us, did you, did your family have to move around the world or were you pretty stationary? Because usually that's there's a lot of movement
1: involved. Yeah, we, we moved 14 times in 20 years. Wow. That's,
0: that's worse than a high-ranking corporate job that moves people every 12, 14 months. That's right. Um, what was the most interesting place that you lived in, if you can identify that?
1: So the most interesting for me was when I spent, it was the shortest time, but three and a half months in Honduras. We were there to defend. We thought that the Nicaraguans were going to come across the border, and we were there to defend. That was the most interesting because it's what we're trained to do. Yes. Um, uh, but the most fun was when I was the treasurer of the military academy at West Point.
0: Wow. How long were you in that position? Two years. So I think if all of them hear the treasurer, (laughs) that means you're a little on the analytical side. Just a little bit. What what did you get your degree in,
1: out of college? Uh, It was a a marketing degree with a minor in finance, and then I got an MBA shortly afterwards.
0: And what did you get the MBA? In logistics management. Logistics management, which was, I think, a big part of your role
1: while you were in the U.S. Army, correct? It was. I was in logistics, supply, maintenance, and transportation. Good for you. That's great.
0: Well, first of all, we're, we're glad that you did it. We're glad that you were in that position. We're glad that you entered real estate. How long was your real estate career prior to becoming a
1: full-time coach? Trish, I think you said you became a full-time coach in 2007? 2007, and I was licensed in 97. Uh, It was right when I got my license, my very first manager, before I even had my license, gave me this box of Mike Ferry tapes and says, watch these. And 30 days later, I was at my first event. Uh, And ironically, I found out Sabrina was at the same event. Is that right? And where was that? Washington, D.C. Probably? Washington, D.C. It was the old uh, business planning workshop. Of course. That's great.
0: So I would think that the logistics of what we teach and the logic behind what we teach must have fit right in with your type of thinking. It made total sense. And I, I joined coaching immediately. Good for you. So um, you were a productive agent for a long time. Okay. What levels of production did, did you accomplish as an agent?
1: Um, I was doing about 105 deals a year uh, when, when you asked me to become a coach.
0: Okay. So now you've been a coach for, what, 15, 17 years, I guess. And how many clients do you coach for the company today? Uh, I'm currently coaching 63. Wow. So you you don't have a lot of free moments during the course of the week.
1: No, I stay pretty focused. I start at uh, 6 o'clock in the morning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. uh, And most days end at 5 in the afternoon with appropriate breaks in between clients.
0: Good for you. That's, that's, a, that's a long, strong day. And I know you have some great clients because, you know, we've always had uh, a great relationship, you and I, as, as on a personal level, which we've enjoyed a lot. And then, of course, on a business level and the clients, certainly those that are looking for the specifics of selling real estate have always done well under your uh, tutelage. So what, what are two or three of the common things you've seen these top agents have in common. What you know, they call them characteristics or
1: behavior patterns. What, what have you seen? Well, thanks for asking that, Mike. Number one, they never miss a coaching call. And I know that sounds simple, but for some reason, those who are not doing as well seem to be too busy to make all of their calls. But the people that are doing the most business never miss a call. Isn't that interesting? Um, you know. I've
0: done a series of these interviews, and that's the first time that's come up. But as soon as you said it, I thought of the three or four really great agents that I have the good fortune of coaching. They never miss a call. In fact, if I come on two minutes early, they're already on the call, <laughs> waiting for it, which is, well, that's interesting. So you can correlate the participation with the production.
1: Without question. Yeah. And, Without, and that's the other thing. The, the the productive agents they participate they attend Mike Ferry events they're in mastermind groups they're doing their role plays uh, they have good affirmation and accountability partners with other great MFO agents they participate at every level uh, and 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 it all equates to the people that are that are doing well.
0: Well, it's so interesting, and you and I have discussed this in the past that you know you become like the people you associate with. And, you know, that being the case, you know, the agents that are moving forward in their careers are participating with people that are moving forward in their careers, which which is the name of the game. Um, On a personal level, as an agent, and then we'll come to the coaching side of the same question, I'll ask it twice. Um, As an agent, what was the most difficult or most challenging part for you? Because that's a lot of business you were doing for a long time. Those are big numbers.
1: What was the biggest challenge? The biggest challenge for me was was probably trying to fit in, and this is going to sound crazy, but try to fit in personal time. Because uh, when I got out of the Army, I had a daughter just getting ready to start college. um, And I was starting a whole new career. Uh, So I I was working tireless hours, morning, noon, and night. Uh, I didn't go home until... Nine o'clock at night, my wife used to, Sue used to come to the office, bring me dinner so we could eat together in the lunchroom. Um, And I did that Monday through Thursday because I tried to follow the Mike Ferry schedule. I didn't work a lot of weekends.
0: Yes. Um, How did you convert from that? Well, it's almost an exaggerated participation to a more reasonable participation. How did you make that transition in terms of your time?
1: Yeah, I I actually put the kids in my schedule. Um, I coached my son's baseball team. Uh, One of my first coaches uh, was talking to my second coach and said, he said, I can't get Ira to work uh, uh, this time of year. And she said, well, that's because it's baseball season. uh, So I actually had to put the kids into the the schedule. Um, Joan Pate,
0: who you, of course, met many times over the years and is still a wonderful agent in Salt Lake City, semi-retired. Um, she used to give the kids the schedule for the week and she would put their names on the schedule because, you know, she was doing a couple hundred transactions a year. And you you and I both know how not only is that rewarding and financially rewarding, but takes up a lot of your time. So what's, right. what's the biggest challenge you face or challenges you face um, with the
1: coaching clients that you work with? Well, one, and, and this is probably the main one, is that, the, is that some of them don't treat their business like a real business. And, and some of that comes from them, but some of it comes from their friends and family uh, not respecting the real estate business as a real job and expecting them, well, why can't you uh, do this in the middle of the day? Take the car to the shop or yeah. if, the, if they worked at Walmart, that would never be allowed.
0: Isn't that true? And of course, with your with your formal training in the army, you were scheduled probably, especially starting in basic training. I mean, every minute was scheduled. Every so, minute,
1: and, and and you couldn't ask your spouse, "Is it okay if I go to this seminar?" I mean, yeah. I don't get it.
0: Yeah, it, yeah. With with your background, I would think I, I was very lucky that in high school I had a couple of coaches when I played sports that probably, and I never knew, were in the military because it was right down to the minute of practice. And I mean, it was, but that was a big advantage looking backwards. It wasn't as much fun at the time. So um, I, I wrote down, treat it like a real business, okay? Which you and I both know, you don't have to spend 14 hours a day doing it. If you just put no. in you know, 80% of your work day doing something productive, you're gonna have a lot of success. Is there a second challenge that you see very common?
1: Yeah, I think another common challenge, especially for an agent that doesn't have enough business to justify hiring a staff, is following their schedule so that they, so that they prioritize what they're doing. Too many of them, when they do a deal or two deals or three deals, find it much more important to do the admin work then do the income producing work that keeps the pipeline full. And and, and that's a mistake they make and it's a challenge as a coach to keep them focused on the income producing activities.
0: As soon as you said that, I thought of a fellow that I worked with 100 years ago in real estate, very, very, very strong guy. He would do two deals and then he would work on them every day. And of course, in those days, it was all FHABA, 60, 90 day closing periods. So one day I said to him, you ever notice that you only do two deals every 90 days? He goes, I can't figure out why. I said, because you're spending all your time babysitting the two deals. And then you know what his answer was? Well, I need them to close. I said, well, if you took more time doing deals, you wouldn't need the ones to close.
1: Well, well, that's because Mike, the other thing is that they don't always have the belief system that they can actually do their job. If they develop the belief system that the schedule will set them free they'll they'll do more deals
0: what a great thought if the schedule is followed it actually gives them freedom which is yes. important so you've done probably a hundred seminars representing the company two three four day events over the years and you've had a lot of people raise their hands and ask questions and you know you're you're, you're a great speaker you have you've spoke at our virtual superstar retreat you've spoken at our superstar retreats you've got 20 agents in front of you and got a couple minutes and they say, Ira, what's the most important one or two things I need to do to keep my career moving forward? What would
1: you tell them? Well, I'd say first of all, especially this time of year coming into the fall, complete a 90-day business plan for October, November, and December that focuses on what you want your 2022 goals to be so that when 2022 hits, you've already got the pendings, you, you've hit the ground running. So yep. certainly that would be one thing I would recommend. That's a and, great. And the other one would be get to one of the upcoming two-day events that you're doing, Mike, uh, regardless of what city they're taking place in. Uh, they don't need to be in your hometown. Airplanes are working and you can travel to the events. And and get to one of those two-day events and make your reservations now for the production retreat in January, because that's all part of participating. And if you yep. delay making those reservations, then you're going to come up with excuses why you can't make it and you need to be there.
0: You know, it's funny you used to say that. Um, long retired agent in San Diego, his first name was Kelvin, wonderful guy. And Kelvin would, in January, set his schedule for Mike Curry events for the year. He would buy the airplane tickets and pay for them. He would reserve in the hotel that we were doing the event in and pay for the three nights in the hotel. So he said, I don't have any choice because they won't give me my money back. So, you know, it was, it was a great attitude and belief system to have. So um, I said to my doctor recently, um, who's my age, Ira, I said, when are you going to retire? And he smiled and said, when you do, I said, well, I guess you better keep your degree up to date because we're not going anywhere. Um, You know, you've retired once from a great career in the service. Um, What are your thoughts about winding this thing down? I mean, you're at the point now where financially you and Sue are smart and you're well set and you've set up your life so you can travel and do some really fun things with your family, which is great. You take care of the grandchildren, which is vitally important. What's, what's the next four or five years like for Mr. Ironadic?
1: Well, you know, Sue and I have actually talked about that. And as long as the Mike Ferry organization is here, I'm not going anywhere. Um, I love what I'm doing. I love helping people grow their business. Uh, I love participating with MFO, uh, and, and at least for the next four to six years, uh, you can count on me being here when I'm 72, I'm not sure I'm going as long as you are Mike. but uh, uh, but, but I'm 66 now. When I turn 72, we might need to talk differently. but uh, until then, as long as you're there, I'm there. So I, I had a person a couple
0: of days ago send me an email and then he asked me to call him and I, I, he was in his mid30s you know which is always fun to talk to these people that are up and coming and he said, what's it like to be 76? I said, I don't know. I've never been 76 before. <laughs> <laughs> my first time, you know, well, thank you for that answer because uh, Sabrina and I have created a four-year plan from now until my turning 80 of what we want to do. And then we have to write a new plan at 80 for up till 90. And you saw that uh, one of my idols, Tony Bennett at 95, just finally retired. So um, we're looking forward to, uh, a very powerful and fun extension of your career at age 72. So so I'm gonna start I'm gonna start selling that thought to you starting tomorrow, that's for sure. Well Ira, thanks for your time today. Tell Sue, of course, hello from Sabrina and I. And we'll look forward to seeing you very, very soon at one of the events. And your participation um, is forever helpful to a lot of people. And we appreciate that a lot. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Mike. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Join us next Monday for another episode of Mike Ferry TV. If you like our show, find out more by visiting www.mikeferry.com. And don't forget to check out the Mike Ferry Strategies podcast every Friday for a new message from MFO.